My name is Emily Jamison, and I will be your host for The Collaboratory. This listening prayer experience is meant to be largely experimental, in the sense that we will collaborate together, tamper with ideas of life and faith and God, and we will form new hypotheses, adjusting along the way. There are no dead ends in a laboratory, but only new ways forward. I cannot wait to journey together. with this concept of prayer. How do you pray? How do you hear from God? How do you not feel like you're talking to a wall? And what about all these other voices in my head? I mean, when I pray, sometimes things enter in that don't seem like the God I've heard of. Or there's just silence. And, well, we will address each one of these things, but I want to begin with an analogy. It's this. Imagine that you're walking through a grocery store. You're doing your shopping. There's music overhead. And you don't actually notice the music at the outset. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're singing Ace of Bass or Sting in the Police, and you're like, where did this come from? Where did this song just emerge from? And you realize there's been music playing in the background that has been affecting you, resonating in your heart and bouncing around in your mind all along, and you have suddenly begun to sing that song. What was out there has come in here. It's become your voice, my voice. I have a hypothesis. There is a God who is always speaking, much like the music in the background, and yet there's also an enemy who is trying to hijack said God. And we actually have great agency to determine, to decide who we will listen to. But more often than not, those voices outside of us, inside of us, are washing over our minds and we are not giving attention to them. We're passive observers. We're not actually delineating whose voice is who. It says in the scripture that the enemy is the prince of this air, this world. And like the music, he's just on the speakers all the time. He's like the static between every station. We're always hearing voices of accusation and condemnation and comparison and competition. And yet, there is a still small voice, a radio station, we can in fact intentionally tune into that is more powerful than all the static, that is more clear, that is more true. This is my hypothesis. When Marshall and I were first married, we lived in an apartment building, and around the corner his brother moved in. Marshall and his brother, the more time they spent together, well, the more their voices sort of matched. I mean, the same cadence and tone. There would be times where I would be inside our apartment, and Marshall and Tyler would be outside the door talking. And at first I couldn't tell who was who, and yet all I had to do was to listen for a few moments to begin to recognize the voice of my husband. Not necessarily because it sounded differently, but because the content of his voice is different. What he chooses to talk about, the questions he asks, the way he responds, is different. There's a different tone and texture to his heart that affects the content of his voice. And so what I want to dive into over the next course of time is to help delineate between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. This is not to say that Tyler is the enemy. It was just an analogy. That said, we will begin with the character of the one called love. Because our character determines what we talk about. Our character determines what we say, how we affect others. It's so significant that we begin with our understanding of who God is 
so that we can understand what his voice sounds like and what it doesn't. A.W. Tozer, a renowned pastor and writer born at the turn of the 20th century, says this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. He goes on to say, For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend to, by a secret law of the soul, move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that composes the church. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God, just as her most significant message is what she says about him or leaves unsaid, for her silence is often more eloquent than her speech. He writes this in a book called The Knowledge of the Holy, and I submit it to you now because it is so important that we take a moment and evaluate right where we find ourselves. Whether you claim to be a Christian, a follower of God, an agnostic, or an atheist, perhaps you've found yourself just curious here. You're not sure where you stand. It is so significant to get curious about our picture of God. And so join with me now as we take a moment to ask if this hypothesis is true. If there is indeed a God who speaks all the time and is personal and desires to speak to you and to reveal to you who he really is. And could there also be another voice that desires to thwart every opportunity for this God to reveal himself who wants to twist and mar like a high school gossip the character and the reputation of this God. Then may we for a moment step back and evaluate where we've come from, the voices we've heard and what our current picture of this God is. Take a moment, settle your heart, take a deep breath and just ask, when I call the image of God to mind that I hold, what do I see? What do I feel? When you think of God, what comes to mind? What rises up in you? What emotions do you feel? Are you compelled, repulsed, curious, drawn, trepidatious, fearful? What images come to mind? Take a moment and jot down the emotions, the images, the senses, your expectation of who God is or what he might be like, maybe even your repulsions of what you hope God is not like. I once had a young friend come to me and say, I don't think I believe in God. And I asked her, tell me about the God that you don't believe in. And she described a terrible, capricious God, one that I didn't recognize at all, and I said, oh gosh, I don't believe in that God either. And she was very perplexed. Because you must realize that there is a God of the scriptures who is kind and compassionate and good. But there are also other gods. Gods who desire to stand in, thwart, mar, eclipse the God who is good, and make you believe that that is who he is. I'd like to invite you to join me and asking this God who speaks some questions. 
Allow your mind to be at rest. You don't have to come up with anything. But just as if you were listening to a new friend, perhaps an old friend, just get curious, relax. Take a breath and ask this question. Jesus, the Son of the living God, the risen one, come in the flesh. Who do you say that you are? Who do you say that God is? Just note whatever comes first and fast. Whatever senses, emotions, pictures, memories. And now ask with me, God, is there any lie that I have been believing about you that you would like to correct? Is there any misconception that I have gathered somewhere along the way that is keeping me from receiving what is true? Whatever that thing is, the word or a picture, an image, just imagine that you're holding that in your hand, like an object of sorts. This thing that has kept you from God, I invite you to hold it up to the light of God. This is called confession. We just tell him the truth. I have believed that you're not trustworthy, God. I believe that you're distant. I'm not sure that you're good. Whatever might be the most honest part of you, offer that to him. And then just ask this simple question. God, would you prove me otherwise? Would you show me who you truly are? Over the coming days, I invite you to notice, to listen. To each day, just ask the simple question, God, who do you say that you are? And whatever comes to mind, jot it down. Our next time together, we will be diving into the character of this God. Stories of moments when he's spoken to people that knew him and people that didn't. My prayer is that you would grow in understanding of the true nature and character of the God who knows you the best and loves you the most.